Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Valhalla Movement Podcast, where we're diving deep. We're diving deep into everything that is the farm, everything that it is um, a bunch of stuff that's going on. Now, if you're watching this episode, uh, you know that I've already brought a good friend, somebody who I've been working with now for, I want to say, like a year, um, Peo Bouchal, who is kind of the the lead master planner of Valhalla at this point. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think kind of I have that title in some ways, but I have no, far from the skills that you have. Um, so first of all, thank you for, for being a guest on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. Yeah. So, I mean, so Peo and I, just for some, some background context for, you know, those of us um, who maybe didn't watch the last episode that we did with Jean-Martin Fortier, um, or who maybe don't know that we've been dealing with all kinds of different challenges uh, with the city, the CPTRQ, um, CPTRQ being the government body that uh, governs farmland in Quebec here in Canada. Um, we've just been dealing with a, a bunch of different challenges and a bunch of different um, potential infractions where they can find us and a bunch of other stuff. And we have a lot of updates. Um, but the interesting thing and the reason I wanted to have Peo on is number one, he more than anybody actually knows kind of the future of the farm um, from a design perspective and a planning perspective and a lot of the different things that go into that. Um, but he's also witnessed and was there at all the meetings that I had with the city. Mm -hmm. So you have a less biased view of how those meetings went, how these different things played out. Um, so before we dive into any of that, um, I just want to hear a little bit about you, your background, a little bit about your story. Um, you know, for those who are watching this and don't know who you are, mm -hmm. just give us a little bit of context. How do yeah, we sure. meet, what, what you're passionate about and how, uh, how we started working together. Yeah. Um, well, I tried to, to be a, a bit short because it could, could discuss <laughs> last, a long time, but basically, uh, um, um, I've, I'm from Quebec City. I've been an architect uh, since uh, officially at the board of the architects since 2011, and I've been working in different firms in Quebec and came in Montreal around six years ago mm -hmm. um, on this kind of personal growth path, the necessity to kind of give a different direction to my life. And I came here and, um, you know, I it was a very like linear path, like the very big, you know, like just regular guy. And about four years ago, I kind of, um, I kind of went into like, uh, I went to recognize that I had some patterns and that my life was maybe not going the, the direction I wanted to, it to go. Mm -hmm. So I kind of embarked on this more um, personal journey. And this led me to go to attend some festival, like conscious festival for mm -hmm. lack of better names. Mm -hmm. And it was during the summer of 2021 that I met a guy, you know well, named Charo. Mm -hmm. And basically this guy invited me to this, the first event of a new thing, which were men's circles. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was really happy to be part of this first, um, the first edition, let's say, of that, of that, uh, of that very privileged um, event. And this happened to be hosted at your farm, mm -hmm. which I'd never heard of, about before. Mm -hmm. And I've never had really any specific interest into the, the farmland, let's say, or agriculture itself mm -hmm. before. But as soon as I put my feet at, the Valhalla farm, and I connect. I saw you. I saw. I saw like the, the people who were actually, you know, hosting the event, and also just the community behind it, like that was supporting the old farm. Mm -hmm. And I, I could feel something that was very triggering to me. So I was like, "Hey, so what? What is it? Like, what triggers me here?" Mm. And I guess it was both. Um, well, connection with men, mm -hmm. although Valhalla is not only men, but like at this specific event, it was. 
connection with nature mm-hmm. and also just a place to be yourself and to be able to speak and to yeah feel like it's a non-judgmental place mm-hmm. um and i, I kind of feel like so i went through this first this first men's circle not having a clear vision of wh- how where it would lead me or how i would act on um this thing that I just opened in front of me, right? Mm-hmm. But then I left. Um, I left Quebec for about six months, mm-hmm. and even before that, I had this vision where I was like, "Well, I kind of feel like we need space for men to get gather, you know, like." And I, I, I and I, so I, I started building this, this, this like board, uh, which I called the. Um, it was a brotherhood sanctuary at, the, at, at this stage. I never oh. actually never showed you that first document. You never showed me that. But I, I had like a, a, a few slides of like like what I had in my mind, and then but I I think it, it just stayed on the shelf, went on this six month travel, and I can clearly remember that when I was traveling, I was in Mexico and, and Latin America, mm-hmm. and I could really, I was thinking about the farm and you many times, and I was like, I need to be part of this. Mm. I want to be part of this. I don't. I don't want to be just some participant that just go there, goes there once in a while and participate and then go back. I kind of feel like I want a higher level of implication. Mm-hmm. But I did like, and I was like, you know, patience is a virtue. Be patient. Have some more clarity around how you can help or what you want to do, where you want to go with your life, mm-hmm. and then it might happen. And then when I came back, it was pretty much a, a year ago. It was the beginning of June. Mm-hmm. I remember, mm-hmm. and this is when. You knocked on my door and say, "Hell, well, I think we are on the stage. We are at a stage now where we need to have a clearer vision yep. and to really start mapping things out at the farm. Mm-hmm. Because you are a guy, you know. So, so you have this farm. You have your agency. You had this. You had those class online. You had this academy. You had, and, mm-hmm. and so, and it's very impressive when we don't know you when we get to the farm and you talk about and you do storytelling and then when you talk about." Your story mm-hmm. is very impressive for most people who are not entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. very active like you are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I was a bit, I guess, um, uh, intimidated mm-hmm. by what you were uh, incarnating. Let's say, can I say that? Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be this needy guy who comes to this guy saying, "You have something I don't have. I don't know what that is." But I want to find out through you, so I, so I kind of kind of waited until things will align naturally. Let's say at some point. Sure. And so yeah, so so you reach out. So we were in contact a little bit. You know, I was following Valhalla movement and with everything at a farm from a distance. And when I came back, you we we re- reunited. Let's say, and for the first time, we were like, okay, how can we work together? Mm-hmm. This is how it all started. Yeah. And we're here today, like a year later, with a lot of work done. Definitely. Uh, a lot of learnings. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and still a lot of um, so gray lot zones. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, more yeah. to do. Absolutely. Right. So that's a bit of the backstory here. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, 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 I thank you for sharing the story and, and actually the true emotions behind it. I mean, around, um, you know, obviously showing up at the farm. Um, the first event, ironically, was the, the at that event, we were physically... Like we gathered some of the guys and we're like, look, guys, we have a bunch of like post and beams that we have to put up and they're like really freaking heavy and we really need could use some help. And we lined it up so that you guys could all kind of support us in that thing. And I remember kind of I remember seeing you and your energy and, and just like and understanding you were an architect, but also understanding you had to spend a little bit of time working with Solution Era, which focuses on ecological design. You had kind of gone down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. um, and you were almost like um 
um, a, 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 a dissociated architect from the, the, let's say, the way that architecture is happening today. And so I just kind of like, I felt immediately, I was like, okay, I know I'm going to work with this guy. Like, mm. I know that this guy is going to, is going to help me. Because the, the truth is, as, as maybe um, impressive my career might be over what is now the beginning of my 17th year as an entrepreneur, um, I'm not as organized as you. I'm not as meticulous as you. I'm not as, um, I'm more, uh, I'm like, I'm more the type of person who takes risk, mm -hmm. let's say, and I'm, I'm willing to kind of push the edges. And I, I've always, in my entire life, I've always had somebody who's a little bit more like centered, a little bit more organized and a little bit more like, well, wait a second, Mark, this is the process. Like, this is the right way to do it. Let's go about it properly. Let's map, let's plan, let's, you know, do the legal together. And that for me came from my father. Right, mm -hmm. he's a, a, a lawyer, a tax lawyer, and an entertainment lawyer, and a bunch of stuff. So he's always kind of been that pillar in my life. But realistically, Valhalla was, uh, was and is growing, but at that time was growing um, immensely. And it was starting to get to the point where it's like, okay, there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot more money going into this, both out of my pocket, but also just from the community. Um, we're clearly going to the point of building a, a, a farm venue, a place not only where we're growing, but we have infrastructure to grow, but also infrastructure to host, infrastructure where people can come and participate in agritourism. There was a lot of people asking us for tours, a lot of people asking different questions. And so it was starting to kind of like mushroom, mushroom, mushroom. And now we were getting to the point where like my lack of planning and my lack of having like a master plan when you, when you consider building a farm, building... Um, uh, if you were doing a traditional real estate project, if you're building infrastructure, like you want to have a master plan. Mm. And I had none of that. Mm -hmm. I had a vision right. to some degree. I had some clarity around certain things. But honestly, I don't think that I get nearly as far as we are today without you. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the first time we discuss about the first time we saw each other, actually, it's which true. is very interesting. It's true. Um, and yes, well, you, you know, I kind of feel like I'm more someone who, as you mentioned, is capable of understanding what's in your head mm -hmm. and kind of classify it into different kind of categories and, and tr try to bring... So what's in your head can be clear for yourself, but it can be messy for people from the outside. Which and is I, a massive problem. It was a bottleneck, without a doubt, in, in Valhalla's existence. And, right. and in, it, in, it, in its potential to scale, it, it absolutely needed a a proper map and it needed a dynamic between somebody like me and somebody like you to put that on digital paper let's right say. yeah because i see myself more like someone who's trend who's using my architect architect skills mm -hmm. and experience and transpose it on something called and i'm an urban designer as well so i've been an urban designer so right now it's kind of funny because when people ask me what do i do i'm like oh i'm 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 like a rural designer. What is that? It's like, I'm like doing urban design, but I'm just applying my capabilities to rural regions and agriculture, you know? Yeah. And, but, but still, I'm not, I'm like, yes, as you mentioned, I, I, I was interested in ecological buildings and like passive greenhouses mm. on buildings and that kind of stuff. But I'm not like, I was not the guy reading like Jean-Martin Fortier's book, for example. Absolutely. So that's why I'm, so that's why I'm, I'm here with humility saying, well, I'm good at taking what's in your head and bringing, like, collect that and, and, and transpose that into drawings. But at the same time, I'm not a, a, like a farming designer, let's say. Absolutely. So I've, I've learned a lot about what are beds? What are, um, how do you modulate dimensions of, of, 
farmland like mm -hmm. how how to make it efficient like all those things i've been learning but 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 so so yeah so a part of me part of my i guess my role with you is to get your ideas organized mm -hmm. and to draw them on a paper so you can actually have have a visual thing of what you have in your mind and then you can show to other people at the farm for example yep. and so this also creates some momentum to the community because every member of the farm can then have a better vision of where we're going which is very uh, more maybe stimulating than although you're very good at storytelling and you're very good at okay. telling good the story at, to the people I'm, seeding. I'm a phenomenal like in, in the world of farming i'm really good at starting things but in the world of entrepreneurship and storytelling i'm really good at starting things too and that but that doesn't mean i'm great necessarily at managing them or going through all the different stages of it mm -hmm. right like i'm good at having a vision but i'm, I'm horrible at necessarily communicating it sometimes in full. Right. Meaning I'm good at like getting somebody to feel like initiated and feel like, okay, I get it. I understand why you're going in this direction. I understand, I feel a connection to it. I want to participate in it. But I think a lot of people, um, if, if I were to criticize myself, a lot of people need the map. They need the like, okay, oh, this is going here. Why is that going there? Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I can maybe get involved in this thing because you guys are planning and going in that direction. And and a lot of it um, realistically comes out of the organic process and the chaos of the people who just show up, mm -hmm. right? Like a lot of these projects, a lot of these different things, even my knowledge of how to plan a farm and all these different things was very poor for many of the first years of Valhalla. And only today am I feeling like we're actually ahead of the curve. Right. Right. And then, and that was important from two very 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 crucial elements of of us building this farm the first is the people at the farm right the people who come to the farm the members of the farm the people supporting the farm on a day-to-day -day basis and or on a here and there basis and just being able to show that is literally life-changing like i i, I mm. cannot stress enough that my my experience working with you and collaborating with you and designing documents like this with you has been incredibly impactful um for everyone at the farm and also for everyone to have trust in the process and in the mm -hmm. plan of the farm so the gift that you're giving me although i i i yes i'm the guy who you know got the farm to this point and and you know it was even the guy who found you and said okay let's work together and who can be humble enough to realize like oh i'm good at certain things but i'm really not good at this thing that was one thing and then the and that's one stakeholder let's say that's super important but then there's the whole legal regulation mm -hmm. um city municipal and 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 uh provincial and even uh, possibly federal laws that essentially govern everything we can and cannot do at the farm right. and your meticulous nature of like okay i'm going to go through what they call the gris which is like here's specifically what you can and cannot do all the different things um as well as just receive like oh we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and we're gonna have power we're gonna have water we're gonna blah, blah, blah. and you're like okay well, wait a second mark we have to <laughs> we have to go we have to go and like make a little a little bit of a map of what the mission and vision is we have to make a little bit of a map of you know some of the inspirations that we have and also start making a bit of a mind map of like how and where do all of these things start to kind of come together mm -hmm. you know so this is this really is your genius <laughs> on display it's it's what's in my mind but your ability to map it, to also like start color coding it and like kind of bring that layer and that consistency of that layer. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I've never been an architect. I've never, I've never, but I, 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 I had a, 
a brief or well brief two to three year period of time where I was actually trying to start an, arch an architectural mm -hmm. firm and a design firm. So I did learn a lot about it. And I think that that definitely supported me in my discussions with you. But where I understand this the most is when I was designing brands and websites, mm. right? Like part of storytelling that I've been a part of for many years was, oh, okay, we have this product or this idea and this brand, and, and now we have to communicate this brand consistently online. And so when I think about that, I think about like, oh, we have to have a logo. We have to have a, a, a primary color and accent color. Mm -hmm. We have to communicate in this particular way. We have to do the research on the back end. We have to have this on the website, this on the, like, these are all the things that I know go into building, let's say the house that is a brand. And from your perspective, you're doing that exact same thing when it comes to master planning, when it comes to architecture, which mm -hmm. I think drastically, it made me realize like, oh, I get what you're like, I really get you. Right. We were, we're doing the same thing. Just you're in the construction world, let's say, or in the physical world. And I was in the digital world. But ironically, I was also in the physical world of, of the actual farm. And then you were in the digital world of like making renders and making plans and making, you know, these different things. Yeah, so and it's, I, it's also, a marriage of awesome talents. Yeah, but, and, and I kind of feel like also this is a, um, a must go to a step just to bring clarity to myself because yes. I'm not in your head. So I need to kind of, it's trials and errors until I find a way to, okay, this mind map is, is what you have in your mind. And then we, we start from the same page, you know? Yeah. And it's also like, like you, you were this is an abbreviated version of it. Really. Well, yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> because that's, that's what I was, I was about to say, because there's always like the components, you know, or that you have kind of clarity in your mind around where you want to go. But then, as you mentioned, like, Valhalla community is like a community of entrepreneurs as well. Mm -hmm. So, every single one of them have their own ideas as well. Mm -hmm. And so it just creates this kind of cloud, big cloud of many ideas. Yep. And so there's like, I would, I would say like more stable pieces yep. and they're all, always moving pieces. Yes. And, and in architecture, we talk about like the, 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 the technical and functional program. So normally before going through any building drawing mm -hmm. or any master plan, you will go to, okay, what are the needs? Yes. And what are really necessities and what are nice to have and what do you need now and what do you need like in like midterm and what do you need like in long term, right? Yep. And I, I kind of feel like some of you had some of those answers, but some of them were you didn't have them. Yep. And so I think this kind of mind map, let's say, or categories also brings the opportunity for you to um, like a mirror. Like I'm acting a bit like a mirror for you. Okay, so these are 100%. the ideas. I kind I kind of felt like they were, uh, it was you know like it was it was very like okay we're going that that They're direction and yeah. then not so much. Yeah. And so anyway, so yeah, I kind of feel like it's for me. It's really like a, a collaborative process. Like I don't feel like I've overtaken. Like I'm I wouldn't consider myself like as a lead designer. I consider myself sure. as a as a as like a, like more like a right arm when it, in regard of transposing yes. the vision and communicate it to the people who need to see it or hear it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and, and, and I mean, you've done a, a phenomenal job of making that happen. I mean, if I just kind of continue through this yes, process sir. here, you know, showing the different elements of agricultural uh, community and agritourism all kind of merging into one, in, you know, into this one space. But that's interesting because this you had already. So this was from your website. I took, I yes. took most of this from your bigger vision already. So I just m mapped it. But then, yes. it, it, but it creates it creates a great starting point to organize stuff afterwards. But that's the whole point is that like I'm the kind of guy 
who like moves so fast that the paperwork and the and the plans. I'm like, oh no, it's it's super clear. Everyone understands. And then, and then I realized like actually like no no makes sense. Um, and no matter how obvious I think things are, this happens in everything I've ever when I was working more in marketing and production of like making content and those different things. Obviously, I'm still doing it now just for myself in the, in this way particularly. But when I was doing more of that, I realized like no, everyone needs absolutely bullet like so goddamn clear instructions and roadmaps and and whatever. And I just never had the. Um, I guess I never had the the counterpart who could help me map that, mm. if that makes sense. Like nobody ever under nobody can ever receive all the things that I was thinking about and like start to really meticulously, continuously mm. make it clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. So, you know, it 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 really started to lead to you know some of these different designs. Who are the you know, the ecosystem of people that we're inspired by and the different government bodies. Uh, what is our vision for the project? Or, you know, a little bit of the history of it. Um, you know, where it is, some of the land, some of the land that we're, we're considering buying next door, what that might expand to look like. What are the regulatory con- uh, context pieces of the, of the farm? Like, this is all your work. Now, in, in fairness, I had some of these answers. Of course. Like, I had already told you, like, okay, we're in this zone with this thing. Here's a degree. No, 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 no. Like, I had done a... a some of it, but but to to list it all in one place and to be able to show it all and to categorize it all, um, you know, I think changed a lot. And so these designs, just so so you guys know, this is all done with the collaborative effort that that Peo and I have have been uh, putting together. And we're more and more and more we're mapping. Okay, like where are the water lines? How are they tra- traveling? Where are the, where are the the power lines that are um, you know either above ground or below ground? Where is the, the the different buildings? What are they doing? What is growing in these different areas? How are we planning on you know putting in the house and different things like that? And and you know where is the septic system maybe going to go? And uh, already we have an update to these, right? Like you know mm-hmm. these are some of our kind of later versions. We have um, things about the house and and different look and feel. By the way, that 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 particular house is is far from the look and feel of the design uh-huh. um, but just lurking learning more and more and more about also direction and i think that's where um i think that's where we can get to but before we go further into like the future of the farm and the direction of the farm i think that there's um an important story about our journey because you kind of came in <laughs> a few months before i basically got a letter uh Mm -hmm. saying or multiple letters i got served quite literally at the farm by uh uh, i don't know if you call it a bailiff or whatever it is but um who basically said hey you guys are are like committing a bunch of infraction infractions Mm -hmm. on the farm meaning you're doing things that are not in conformity to the rules and regulations of the city and the rules and regulations of the cptrq which is again the government body that um governs farmland in quebec their their job is to protect uh farmland in quebec so um, with that said though, um, it really just like, for me, it felt like divine timing. That's like, okay, well actually we've already started mapping everything. We're already working on the mind maps. We're already mm-hmm. working on all these different things. And I think, I, I believe it was in July, I get served these papers saying, okay, you've got 15 things on the property that like we're concerned about. Um, and that are basically existential. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking, you have buses on the property that people are living in that you're not allowed to have. Uh, you uh, you guys have, like, everything from, like, you know, the siding of this building is is maybe in question or it shouldn't be conform or, like, uh, you guys built a road that you're not supposed to have put yeah. or blah, 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 blah. Like, I mean, it was in every direction. 
that all of a sudden the entire existence and the growth of the farm that was going so well now all of a sudden was like put into 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 chaos mm. and also basically scaring some of the people who are right. there every day at the farm who mm-hmm. are living in those buses who are kind of supporting the farm as farmers and as as hired help um you know or as as volunteer help on a regular basis so i, I i'm curious about your perspective because you were there in the meetings with us at the mm-hmm. city your your perspective of the evolution of the of the conversation that has started to evolve where in a way it kind of felt like the government was the enemy and like there were there were roadblocks and i would still say that in many in certain cases the, the bureaucracy or the red tape of the government still is kind of a, a challenge uh to now where well, I'll just say things are improving, but I, I, I'm curious about like your experience, your take without my, let's say bias of how I mm. think it went of some of the meetings that we've had with the city and, and maybe what's going on in the, in the, in the, in the extremely complex web of trying to even understand what you can or cannot do on farmland. Um, right. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know, like I think the main, the most the number one function of, like the the, munis- the municipality we work at, we work with, is to apply a law. You know, like there's a system of laws which already exist, and they just have no choice to apply that. So that's the that's the the that's the way they are the bad guys. You know, like they're just trying to 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 see where you're making infractions, and then just they and they send they, yeah, and they, exactly. Yeah. But then there's the people behind those laws who are working every day at the city, and that understand the common sense or the way things needs to change mm-hmm. and so th- th- there's like a duality in those in those organiz- organizations you know yep. so when we sat when we sat down the first time uh, at the municipality like the the actual chief uh, of the you know the chef de direction mm-hmm. was actually there with us smiling and mostly uh, being really uh, motivated to help us out to to be able to keep growing this disruptive model without being many be, without being too much disruptive you know like yeah. so so it's like well this is how laws are right now this is where we go, you're going and basically they will never say it that, that way but basically it's you're going forward too fast for us, <laughs> and 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 we are we are the municipality, and then there's above us there's the MRC, which yeah. is the municipality régionale de Comté, which is like the a, a group of municipalities, yeah. and then you have like le ministère des um, uh, c'est quoi c'est, min, c'est le ministère des affaires uh, how's it called again anyway there's there's like the, this other ministry like provincial, yeah. and then you have the federal as well, yeah. and then you have other stuff like more about um, let's say not about specific to farming exactly which, which to, is which are different yeah so so they i guess they feel like their hands are tied you know like at, they are at the bottom level they want to help you out but at the same time they need to to make sure that the laws are applied so i i, I kind of my personal experience from those meetings was positive yes because i feel like they understand what we are trying to do and yeah i don't know and well, they they understood. They, so so what was what I felt was uh, phenomenal is that it was all in goodwill. Of course, 
both us showing up and saying, look, guys, like we understand that we're a little disruptive and we understand we're a little bit different and we understand we're not the traditional farm. And we under, we also understand, or at least after the first meeting that I had with them, and this is, I say first meeting, first meeting in this context after receiving the infractions, I hadn't spoken to them in, in quite some time, but I had met them, um, particularly this one uh, person, multiple times over, over years of, you know, getting a bunch of stuff happening at the farm. But that being said, the number, the other thing that really plays out is that these people don't understand farming or don't necessarily understand small scale farming. And so mm -hmm. they don't have any context to know why or why not we were doing certain things. Like for example, right? We had this whole discussion about wood chips. Right. So let's talk about wood chips for half a second. <laughs> There's a bunch of people who clean up trees called arborists that essentially, you know, the trees hit power lines, they cause problems, they can, you know, cause power outages, um, or they're a danger, blah, 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 blah. Well, there's a bunch of people who go and chop down dead trees or trees that are hitting power lines doing all this stuff. And normally they would go to physically to a dump and have to pay to dump that in some landfill. And that is a carbon sink that is, uh, or sorry, a carbon, um, uh, a carbon inducing uh, process because essentially you're not letting that break down in a very natural way. It possibly can create other, you know, uh, greenhouse gases, different things like that. Okay. Long story short, they started finding out that they can come and quote unquote dump or bring the wood chips to our farm. And the wood chips are acting as a soil remediation for a farm. One, we help, it helps us make pathways mm -hmm. uh, and uh, delineate where plants are planted and where people can walk. Uh, so kind of a, a, a diversity between humans and let's say, uh, and plant life or biological life in that way. Um, but also it breaks down over time into compost or into black earth, essentially, that inherently supports the growth of our farm. But from their perspective, they were like, well, wait a second. Like, why are you guys dumping a bunch of wood chips here? It's like, are you just, I just creating a big fire hazard? Like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like all these different things that inherently they don't understand. And so now all of a sudden we're in this gap where they're saying, well, we don't have rules for this or we don't know what the rules are for this. And when we ask questions like, well, okay, well, we would love to have a pond. They're like, they're kind of dumbfounded. And I, and I don't blame them. This is not a, a slander of, of them because they don't even know where necessarily to turn to be like, okay, well, whose jurisdiction does this fall under? It's on farmland, so it's under the CPTAQ, but it's also in our city, so it's under us, but it's also a bassin, so maybe it's under the Quebec government and this department or this environmental department, blah, but maybe it's this, maybe it's that. But if it touches a, 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 an existing waterbed or source, then it's maybe this or then, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, man, if they can't even know, and they would take like, you know, and we asked, for example, about build, uh, digging a pond multiple times and multiple occasions saying like, look, we're, we're waiting, but we really need to do this because we're literally right now digging the pond and literally right now in the middle of a sécheresse or a, a drought mm. or a, at least, a, a, you know, what Are could we? be. A, well, I, I would say that we're dry. We're very okay. dry. Um, but, you know, so a drought from the perspective of our plants want more water and, mm. and I don't want to tap our well all the time. And we're not supposed to, well, I don't know. I don't even know what we're supposed to or not supposed to do. Long story short, though, is that we need this, this pond to essentially be, at a minimum, a backup water source for us, okay? But they don't know. And so it's like, how is it possible that we as a, as a community, myself as a farmer, how are we supposed to move forward? Mm-hmm. And, and if every question that we have requires a three-month delay in response, 
it completely changes the game. Now, here's the other thing that happened to us that is a very powerful contextual thing. We received avis from the, the city and the CPTOQ saying, hey, you are doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. Like you're not supposed to be doing tours at the farm. You're not supposed to be hosting farm table dinners or events. You're not supposed to be doing blah, 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 blah. And then from the time that they gave us the, 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 the avis to the time that we were eventually going to like have to answer the avis, I think it was a 60 day window or whatever it was, the Quebec government had released new rules saying, by the way, half the stuff that you guys are doing that we said you couldn't be doing, now you could be doing. Right. And when we went to the city, they we were more, they were like, wait a second, how does this guy know about all these new rules? We haven't even received a report on this. Like we know nothing about these new rules. <laughs> Fascinating. Yes. Right? Because government isn't this just this one person this super well-oiled, coordinated machine. I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But many of the different aspects of government are working in little silos, and slowly but surely, the information tries to transfer between mm. them. But but the, it does take time. But it takes an enormous amount of time, an enormous amount of time. And every new law and every new thing, like you know, the director at, at the city was saying, hey, these are the rules right now, but come back and we're, we're currently rewriting right. them. So I could give you this answer today, but by the time you're actually going to do it, the laws might be different. It's like, man, for me, that was, it, it sometimes feels incredibly defeating. I mean, do you, do you ever experience that? Like, is that Never as much as this. Never as much as this. Yeah. Um, no, because most of the time, like the, 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 let's say you're working with a real estate developer, you're working with a client, he's, he has this project in mind, let's say whatever, like residential commercial project. He will try to, to well, most of the time they will try to s develop their project within the the limits of the law. Yeah. Like and and sometimes they will push a little bit, but they will go through um, normal processes to get some changes. Like like most of the time, minor changes, sometimes more major changes, and it, these take more time. But it's like it's not like if the path was unknown to where are we going? Okay, yeah. we're going to get... get who do we speak it's to? either like A, A process or B process and we're going to get there because this is... We stay in the, let's say, the legal ecosystem that we know. Yeah. But we're in a place where like there's just blank zones yeah. around what is farming and, and agriculture. Yeah. And and it's kind of funny to... Because I kind of feel like this the, the actual municipality we're working with, they are overflow like they have a, uh, they have too much work they of feel course. like and but i kind of feel like this is the situation regarding more urban development yes you know while about at least 90 percent of their of the total area of the municipality is just agriculture yes so this makes me think about should should this be two different kind of like should 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 they be two different departments yes or like one big department but we I don't know. There's something in the process, like in the, in this in this quest for information and trying to push forward and, and just develop the farm, that we're not feels we don't feel supported. But but it seems like nobody knows this information. Like even when I call the UPA and I'm like, hey, do I have a representative? I'm part of this union. Do I have a representative I can speak to? And they're like, uh, well, not really. Uh, we don't really know or ask questions about certain things. They they have no freaking idea. I feel mm -hmm. like it's constantly a game of like I literally don't know who to talk to. And it's not like I don't want to be acting in good faith, but it's like you're making it impossible for me as a farmer and as a business owner and as an entrepreneur to essentially move forward. Mm -hmm. And so at some point that creates, and this is where my, my you know, my the, the good and the bad and the ugly to some degree of what I do is I just, I just move. 
I'm like, forget it. We're just going. We're doing it. And and that really just kind of pushes the agenda forward. It's like, you know, even with the pond, they're like, okay, well, actually, there's no real laws that apply to this. There's no maximum debt. But if you're touching an existing reso, then technically whatever. But then even the other day, you and me were like, well, they talked about, um, you know, you can have the pond, but you can't, for your interpretation is you can't have swales that would go to the pond. That would be considered the fossé, which are um, uh, ditches, right? right. The definite, the word fossé technically translates to the word ditch. That being said, I'm like, but what if we're making them? Like, what if we're making ditches in a way of moving water on the property, doing a kind of uh, um, water management, which is a huge part of farming, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, <laughs> of course. Where we're going to plant certain things that like water near the ditches, and we're going to make these man-made ditches, which we don't call ditches because they're not on the side of a road necessarily. They're not necessarily they're, – they're swales that are part of – permacultural design they're part of designing a farm in a way that is managing water the most important resource that all farms need and need to manage so even just even in their answer we couldn't even enter it's like it's all it all kind of open to to interpretation interpretation. Exactly. exactly it all boils down to interpretation and that's what i've learned and i and i see it as actually an empowering perspective is because everything is open to interpretation, well, that creates a pretty interesting gray zone, right? That creates a bit of a Venn diagram. And you don't have to implicate yourself in this, but I'll implicate myself in this is I'm willing to push the boundaries of those things and then ask questions and say, okay, well, where does the farming start and agritourism begin? Because they don't see agritourism as a farming activity. What's a tiny house? Yeah, what's a, exactly. what's, what's, a mo- defini- what's a mobile house? What's a what's the definition of a mobile home? So it said, hey, you're allowed to have three mobile homes on the property while you're building your farm and, and you know for temporary workers and different things, as well as when you're applying for building a house. But because ours are buses and they had a, a bylaw that says, well, we don't want buses, we don't want people living in buses and people's driveways in the middle of the city. That makes sense. But on a farm, well, now what? And then they say, okay, well, the def- the, the law says mobile home. I said, okay, well, a bus. Is a mobile home. Then I checked the office that I long found size, and I read the definition from the official Quebec government definition of a mobile home, and everything that uh, their, their definition said was basically perfect mm-hmm. for the definition of a mobile home. Uh, so uh, with a bus. So so back to the gray zones. It's like, mm-hmm. do I always do I? I think that as an entrepreneur, as a farmer, I have a choice. Do I lean in and like just go for it, or do I like cower? And just like wait and wait and wait and wait for approvals. If I had waited, waited, waited for approvals, and every farmer told me this, they're like, just dig the pond. If they're mad about it, they'll give you a fine, pay it. It'll, it'll cost you less time and money mm-hmm. <laughs> than going through the process. Every Sadly. freaking farmer told me that. Right. And I still said, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm building a relationship with these people. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then I, I just decided, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go. And then all of a sudden they sent us the answer, which still was vague, but I was just like, that's good enough. Right. Go. Right. Right. right, right. <laughs> but it's, it, it is really a dance and mm-hmm. and there's no clear direction and there's no clear person who's deciding and then the interpretation not only happens on the side of let's say the farmer or the you know the the master planner and, and kind of the architect in this case but then it also falls onto like who do you like who's at the city who at the city believes that yes you should do this or yet no right. you shouldn't do that 
right? Like when I applied to build the house, they're like, no, your farm's not big enough to build a house and it's, it can't generate enough revenue. I'm like, yeah, but why? Like in, in what way? Like we are generating revenue. Here's the proof. Here's the thing. Here are other farms that are doing the same and that we had to find the case studies and all that stuff. JM, blah, 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 bring an agile and a bunch of stuff. But from their perspective, they're, they're looking at it as like, oh, well, you know, corn and soy farms couldn't be, couldn't be profitable on a, on a piece of land this big. Mm-hmm. And back to, there's a, and, and even when we submitted things, they're like, oh, but all the revenue has to be on this one piece of property because even though you're, you're farming all of these different things, you're asking for it on this one piece of property. Right. But none of these things are written anywhere. Like they're all... They're all it's, like written it, between the lines. Yeah, of the it law. feels like it's their kind of their own interpretation of their own laws at some point. Yeah, oh, I guess they 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 also have some some um the history shows you know like jurisprudence like I, yes. I guess so there's some legals, uh, uh let's say precedents. Yeah, yeah. exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. But yeah, and and what you bring at the table is very interesting also, um, because on the on a broader perspective, it brings to the it boils down to the question of what is agriculture, as you mentioned, and and how can community live within agriculture, you know? And, and you know, if you want to support a community, it needs different things than just agriculture will need by itself. Yes. And I think this is the element I'm really interested about in, in that farm also. See, although we try to go, th- go through... Um, you know the the, the 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 actual regulation and try, try try we're doing our best to move forward um i think one of the trickiest questions and one of the biggest challenge we have is also okay so how do we bring communal spaces mm-hmm. which support a community but are not 100% dedicated to agriculture but to the people who support the architecture uh, the the agriculture sorry yeah. and so so this is bring another this is another gray zone I think this is one of the biggest gray zones we have because yes, we have like those technical gray zones about about the pond, about the street, about you know like those little things you you, you need to 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 make your farm bigger. But like on a bigger perspective, like um, how do we support the wellness of the people on the farm? Yes. Like yeah, all those questions also. And then and then if if we were sitting at a, at the city tables right now and asking that question, like they would be like, uh, well, I guess I don't know. It's, they, they don't have an answer. No, they don't. Whatever answer they're going to give is is basically an interpretation, and a they're trying to cover their ass and not give you an answer that's false. Or or or, or if they if they play the, the 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 good the good guys, maybe yeah. they will tell you, well, the law says that, but it doesn't say this. So maybe, <laughs> I mean, they're not. I'm not suggesting they 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 just they, how I think they're they're conscious of the gray zone themselves, right? Yes. And so sometimes the way they talk, it just well. So that's what we have. This is what's clear. Go with that and do your best as well. I don't know. It's like, yeah. That's basically what every every meeting with the city to some degree ends up being is like, well, here's like some of the general lines and here's some of the slightly more specific lines and maybe we'll follow up with you later and later could be like in weeks, months down the line. Mm-hmm. But they themselves don't necessarily have the answers. And then it, it kind of goes back to like some level of common sense and a level right. of and this is what I learned being the son of a lawyer is like, is everything defendable? Am I acting in good faith? Are they acting in good faith? And is it reasonable that I interpreted what I read, that I did the research, that I read it, that I tried to do my best possible case to do the thing that was correct? So I never said yes to to, to houses or, or things on the farm that were immovable. 
Meaning, mm -hmm. even a Maison Mobile, like, is a yurt, for example, a Maison Mobile, like a Mongolian yurt as an example. Well, technically, the Mongolians literally <laughs> use them as mobile homes. Of course. But how mobile is that? Well, I said, okay, I'm going to interpret mobile home as being, if it's on wheels, if it can, you can put a key in it and drive it away, or, or hitch it to a, you know, a, a truck and drive it away, well, then that's a mobile home. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So, this, this idea of this dance is the thing that I, I think that this conversation is particularly highlighting is that like what I've learned is not necessarily more about the laws, although we definitely learned mm -hmm. quite a bit more about that. But what I've learned is that my job at this point as the, as let's say a lead designer or master planner of the farm alongside you is how much risk do I want to take? How much tolerance right. do I have? And how much can I, can I back my decision-making with either some jurisprudence, aka people who have done uh, decisions that have been made in the past. And then also some level of just like innovation, just saying like, you know what? Nobody's done this before. Forget it. We're going. Right. And just pioneering. And, I, and I, all the city, hold on, all the cities that have existed came from that. Like the idea of urban mm -hmm. started as rural cities, like the city of Saint-Jean-Saint-Richelieu, which is technically the, the, the agglomeration that we're part of, the city that we're part of, that started as a village. Of course that it started as a farms. That started and grew over time into all of this. So aren't we doing the exact same thing? Like, isn't Valhalla another way of thinking that like, hey, we've got a little city center and we're slowly but surely developing. We're uh -huh. starting with farming and infrastructure. But the more that we get there, the more that those laws start to happen. But what I found particularly fascinating was that all of a sudden, the old way of life that I work the land, I just want to build a house on my farm, and then I want to employ a bunch of other people, and eventually they're going to do well enough that they can build their house, and then all of a sudden the city and the, and the village grows into a suburb, or then it grows into a, you know, a city or whatever it is. Like, that process was now all of a sudden like becoming illegal. It's almost like it feels like it, I've interpreted that process. Yeah, but becoming you know illegal. why? You know why? You, you know what you know what I mean. Like at some point, if we if if I put myself in their shoes, like I yes. understand the reasons, yes. and we can we can share with, with, the, with the audience here is because some people use that first right of building a house on the farm, you're, on the land you're farming, to actually just sell the house back and to someone who's not doing farming, and then so you so what happens is you lose that piece of land yes. from the old Quebec territory of farming, and so there's less and less and less. Um, yeah, farmlands. Then yes. So it so again it it turns back to I agree with you. Like this is like a very uh, first. How would you say that? Like it's a a droit essentiel. Like it's a primary it's right, a primary you, right. Yes. you you should have. Yeah. But then you have to, you need to show the, the government and the municipality, and that's an interesting thing also for people who are listening. So basically, you need to have this the municipality on your side. Yes, they have to agree first. And then you go to the MRC with the municipality or the municipality goes for you to the MRC to convince them that you are in a position where you have the right to do your, your house, let's say. And the MRC is going to knock at the door of CPTRQ to actually deposit the, the full... the full um, In a weird way, but you're also... You're also it's, 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 it's submitted to a person online... And then this person who's making a decision is one person at the end of the day who gets your case, mm -hmm. who has never seen the farm, never visited the farm, knows nothing about the farm, never calls you, never asks you a question. All they do is say, can you send me more documentation? And then based on jurisprudence, based on just like these calculations that are completely vague, mm -hmm. 
they give you like a yes or no. Right. And it's like a court decision, but without any capacity to have like a real conversation. Discussion around, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and, and I, I just find it, I just find that that piece, the, the dehumanizing piece of it, the fact that they never visit the farm, the fact that they, whatever, like that inherently can't be the right way. Mm-hmm. I think like, I agree with you that I understand that there are developers that would use this loophole to kind of make developments happen and do different things. Okay, I hear you. But man, I've been on this farm for 11 years. Mm-hmm. And to just have somebody say, hey, by the way, your farm is not viable, f- sitting in a completely different city, never having seen the farm, knowing nothing about the farm, never having called or spoken to me, knowing nothing about me, inherently feels also like it's not necessarily the right process. And so somewhere in there, there's like this middle ground that needs to come forward. And the, the one beautiful thing I could say is that every stride that Valhalla makes in this direction becomes the jurisprudence of tomorrow. Probably. But this is an interesting discussion also I would like to open with you because I kind of feel like, you know, we do feel like we're pioneers, like opening up this kind of community farming model and all that. But it feels also to me that I kind of, I kind of feel like there's many, many other underground projects going on. Yes. And which are just not... Uh, don't have much visibility as much as yeah. yours have because exactly. you you're a storyteller you're an entrepreneurs you bringing a lot city. of people from from the outside let's say you bring a lot of people from the from the city to the farm and then from the farm back to the city and the word spreads you know like yes. and and so your farm is getting a lot of visibility i call it our farm our farm <laughs> our farm you're, okay fair enough thank you yeah. and 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 yeah so 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 i don't know it's um I guess that there's more. We have a unique there's, there are, I think there are more. Most people. There are more people than we think that went through some some sort of those processes. Oh, one hundred percent. But they they just didn't document it. They've never done it publicly. Exactly. The way we're doing it publicly and having the discussion, even that I had with Jam last on the last episode, which right. I encourage people to listen to if they didn't. But also in this um, way where. I'm a different kind of farmer because I had a different type of skill set and career before as I transitioned into more and more farming exactly. that now brings me to have a unique skill set that back to where does farming start and end? Well, if I'm doing marketing for the farm and I'm making these documents for the farm, and if I'm doing you know um, accounting for the farm, all of those things, although all for the farm, aren't part of farming. And yet... Many farmers have a bunch of people who go out into the fields and do almost none of the project. They're just doing the payroll and the different thing, but I know, but they're a farm manager. Mm-hmm. So at what point are you a farm manager? At what point are you a farmer? At what point are you this? Like, uh-huh. And those lines are just so gray. You know, and if I have, a, a, if we're victim, and I'm going to say the word victim just because it's, we're blessed with it. I see it as a blessing. But that a bunch of people come to our farm and want to ask questions and want to ask a tour and because our farm looks cool or, or, you know, has a different vibe than most farms. Now all of a sudden they want to tour. Well, like, you know, not last year at this time, that was illegal. We're not allowed to give people a, 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 a tour of the farm, at mm-hmm. least on a, on a, 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 you know, an official basis. Right. That doesn't make sense. Like, they're, they're, you know what I mean? Like if somebody comes and wants to buy our strawberries or buy our garlic or buy our whatever, and they have questions about it, why am I not going to answer them? Like, mm-hmm. like, why am I not going to give them a tour? And I, and I think that, it's back to the old model, or I say the old, the industrial model of farming got away from something that is lifestyle-based and, and a necessity-based and became this mechanized machine mm-hmm. of output that says, 
what what tour do you need? Like, hey, look out into the field. You could see a hundred kilometers away. <laughs> it's an exaggeration, but you can see very very far, and it's all strawberries or it's all mm. corn or it's all this. So the, the tour is like five seconds because I I just get it. I'm like, oh okay, great. There here's our barn, here's a machine, here's a thing, and you're farming this one thing. But in our case, it's just not at mm. all the way it works. Like we have flowers and fruit bushes and trees and this and 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 chickens and pigs and blah blah blah, and they're all integrated into an ecosystem that inherently is significantly more interesting from the perspective of people who are visiting. Exactly, and, for sure. And, and so planning, um, planning things around the lifestyle of farms and farmers and the people who are implicated at farms, including farm workers, let's mm -hmm. say, even if they don't necessarily own the farm, they're not necessarily entrepreneur, is an important part, again, of this ecosystem of farming. And we're butting up against this, right? Like right. we're now in the conversation, we're in the planning phases of what we call an ecological sanctuary, which inherently is a place that we are farming in a more permaculture and market gardening kind of way and mix of both. But we also plan on doing tours. We also plan on hosting events. We also plan on doing education. Exactly. But we also plan on doing health and wellness, right? I mean, we talk about... Um, you know, I think it's, uh, where is it in this document? Mm -hmm. These are the, the three elements that we want to bring forward here, right? Valorisation is, is um, uh, translation for uh, promoting farming as a whole, promoting right. the idea of farming and the, not only from a job perspective, but also the different components. Uh, uh, diffusion is then talking about well, not only how do we promote it, but then how do we like teach it? Like exactly. if we're gonna have more farmers, and we talked about this with JM, there are very few farmers under the age of 35 in Quebec, and they were actually half of what there used to be 20 years ago. The average age of farmers 54, blah, 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 blah. Well, we need more freaking education, and we need education that happens on the farm, not in like a classroom. Because we could talk all day about the theory of farming, but if you don't do it in, in, in the reality, it's, it's the math is very easy to do. The Making the math work physically mm -hmm. is very hard to do. And I think this is this last piece that um, we're choosing to be a little bit quieter about, at least when, in, in certain discussions with the city, but not so quiet right now, is where does connection come in? Mm -hmm. Where does residencies come in? Where does somebody who's doing a farm stage come in, right? If I'm a company and I want to have workers uh, participate in a stage where we might eventually hire them later, well, that happens in corporate America all the time or corporate whatever Canada. Um, you know, if you're a law firm, you do a law stage. Mm -hmm. If you're you're whatever, well, architects do it. Architects do it. Everybody does it. What about farms? Mm -hmm. And if they're going to come and do a stage, and they're going to wake up first thing in the morning and go to bed, you know, at sunset, wake up at sunrise and go to bed at sunset. Well, now we need infrastructure that goes beyond just washing of the vegetables. What about washing of their dishes? What about mm -hmm. where do they take a shower? What about where do they go to the bathroom? What about you know what I mean? Like where do they just hang out? You know, like sometimes it's noon and it's high sun. We're, we're not going to be out in the middle of the field wasting our energy and, and getting zapped by the sun. We're going to go retreat and hide for a minute and then go back out when, you know, the, the, the temperatures are a little bit more reasonable. And so all of these things, as well as the health, mental health and wellness of farmers, which is a huge problem, particularly, you know, you hear about it in India, but it's, it's a real problem here too. That's where the edge of what we're doing is now. Right. How do you... You know, you're you're an active part of the the the, you know, the planning of this ecological sanctuary, which is um, just to give people context. <coughs> excuse me, of where that's happening. 
So this is kind of a bit of an overhead view of, I want to say about like 10 acres of the farm itself, an 88 acre farm. So we've got this street here in the middle. We call this the north lot. This is the south lot because that's where they are physically or cardinally. Um, what we're talking about is this back portion over here. It is about a two-ish, two-and-a-half-ish acre uh, space that generally has been underused. I mean, it's never really been farmed as corn mm -hmm. and soya. Um, we have a horse farm behind us here where, you know, there's a big pile of horse manure that has been, um, you know, now spread and turned into garden beds and different things here in the back. But for 30 years, it was just accumulating on, on our property um, in that way. You know, what is it? How do we go about planning something like this? And, and you know, by the way, we, we do have some buildings here that are not present on the farm. These are these are aspirational, non-necessarily, like this is undesigned building. This is an undesigned building at this moment. But it's, it's trying to paint the future today so that we can plan everything that is happening at the farm structurally to not get in, in each other's way. Because we've done that poorly in the past. Like we literally mm. had to physically move. We, we've moved two buildings in the history of the farm. Uh -huh. Physically lifted the building and moved the building twice. Yeah. Uh, so this is something you can avoid when you plan something like that. And I, I just just last weekend we were at the farm and you were doing this meeting with with, with most of the workers at the farm and we were like you were planning this this building this technical building where we have you no know, electricity came in coming in and yeah you have a well not so far away so it's a water point it's an energy point and and just but you know like this building is in the middle of it's it's right there so it's in the, okay so agritourism is planned to go there you need you need you know like vehicles circulation around it there, there's a workshop coming up in that zone well as well so you know like just to plan ahead as as you mentioned like so it's it gives you the the um the conditions or like the the uh, the, the constraints you need to 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 respect before moving too fast yes so yeah so so but then back to the back to the sanctuary um i guess you 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 because you were you were you were introducing this this piece of the land and of yeah. course it feels to me like the the, the this so basically this piece of land is not as accessible as the rest of the land because you cannot really get there by by vehicle yes. you need to park your car somewhere there and take go over the stream and go in this place where to me it feels more like forest than it feels like yes um, than farm than farm and that's why like the first time I I, I went there I, I, this is, I saw this is where should go the sanctuary yes and this is where we could take refuge or this is where we can uh yeah just 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 take a step back from farming at some point mm -hmm. and and connect with nature in in a bigger in a bigger view you know yeah um and this is and and, and i think this is what brought us together is the vision for that Yes. Mostly is the vi the vision for that kind of space and how we design that space and what are the services that will support um, the community as well because yes there's business aspect of ed education uh, like agrotourism um, you mentioned like uh, garden marketing a uh, garden um, market garden, market garden. Yeah. and but there's also like all the flowers industry that is interested is interesting yeah. for us mm -hmm. and so but how does that um, mixed with the human mm -hmm. i kind of see like this is where because Valhalla is growing food is growing community but this is for me the heart of the, the the human aspect of the farm yes the sanctuary yeah 
Um, and well, and this, the connection component, both to nature, but also to each other. Exactly. I mean, if we're going to have a farm team that's going to be well-coordinated, and that's like the most important thing, is that mm. the people who are working together understand one another, communicating well with one another, um, respect and hear one another. I mean, is doing an event that makes people come together, is doing an event that attracts people to the farm who actually buy products, is doing an event um, where you know, uh, all the farm workers are going to, you know, come together and just chat and, and stretch and, you know, make sure that they're feeling well physically, um, you, so that they can go out into the field and do all that work. Um, and that they feel heard emotionally or, you know, I mean, it's like all of those things are to me part of the farm. Of course. And it's not just, you know, because the de definition of agrotourism is something that is related to the to farming and that, uh, promotes the product of farming and the the actual um, um, occupation, like yeah. like being a farmer, but but also but, in a milieu agricole, in a farm setting, exactly. Yes, exactly. But yeah. but yes, yeah, mentioned like of course. So that's of course everything you mentioned for me is is fully part of agriculture. It's not like just it's like it's it's like is a foundation the base of a house. Like, do you, could you have a house without, a, without this, this concrete foundation? Yes, you could, because it could be a pillar or something, but you need something solid that supports the rest. Yeah. And I kind of feel like this is, this is, and it's like, it's like doing things upside down, meaning like we're starting from, from, from the end. Well, maybe not, but what I'm trying to, to create as an image here is that. What's a chicken and an egg scenario? Yeah. Which one do you have to do first, right? Like from us to build the farm, we need to attract talent. We need to bring people. We need, we need people to buy our products. Okay, so how are we going to do that? Well, okay, well, you have to grow it first. Okay, mm -hmm. but by just focusing on growing it, now we're not doing any of the work that actually attracts people to potentially come and buy it and attract the talent that in this particular case is attracted to this type of idea. I didn't grow up on a farm. I, you know, I, I learned farming. I started learning mm -hmm. farming 11 years ago. I'm still learning farming today. But the, the idea of... It's chicken and the egg. Like once you have more people, then you need more infrastructure. Well, to make more infrastructure, you have to grow more food. But to grow more food, you need more infrastructure. So it's like it's, 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 it's kind of a constant spiral. loop. Yeah, it's like a yin, a yin yang kind of scenario or a little bit of a spiral dynamic. But one has to support or grow with the other exactly. naturally. The, however, the way I see it is there, at least the way I interpret the law from their perspective, not from my perspective, from their perspective is, no, it has to be agriculture and agritourism is an afterthought. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, is that like, is that really serving us? Because like, we're seeing more and more that more and more farms are doing direct sales. Pandemic definitely supported that. Um, we're seeing more and more people wanting to go directly to their farm and directly mm -hmm. to the source and learning from their farmers. We were seeing more and more need for people wanting to do educational tours or or take courses both online and in person mm -hmm. we're seeing more and more people wanting to volunteer just because they're they're excited about whatever it is about about the farm and all of those things fall under the support of the farm through things like agriculture uh, agritourism sorry but then inherently both to me are super connected mm -hmm. now in certain cases where the tourism is much lower because we are a farm that's 20 minutes away from the downtown core and now like five minutes away from like a, like basically a metro station mm -hmm. um, that inher that is about like literally days away from opening. Inherently, we are in a position where of course we're attracting more tourism. And therefore, of course, and we also have neighbors literally right next door. Everyone has neighbors, but 
like their their house is like literally see our farm um and it's not like suburbia next to our mm -hmm. farm then inherently we're going to be under a different kind of scrutiny and a different kind of scenario that makes all of this stuff way more challenging right you know what i mean like and 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 I, look i i i think it goes back to the the, the core of our discussion or one of the cores of our discussion which is interpretation mm -hmm. right like is doing yoga on a farm agrotourism to me it is is um doing education uh for children part of farming well some could say maybe maybe not well are my teaching kids how to like how plants grow am i, te am I walking them through things am i teaching them how to feed the chickens and quash the eggs like at what point does that become farming and at what point does it not right I guess the discussion should be more around as long as you grow food. Uh, maybe maybe there's a level to be calculated, but as <laughs> yeah. long as you grow food, sure. everything that is related to farming and community that supports a farm should be just totally farming. open. Yes. And then you mentioned neighbor neighborhoods. Yeah. So of course, there's a need for a good relationship between what happens at the farm and who lives around. Yes. And of course, in in a, 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 a near future, everyone that owns a, f a house in like in the suburban area, mm -hmm. but but just next door to from a, a farm, hopefully would be open minded to see new kind of communities grow up in their backyard. Yes, and so and that wasn't far from the case in at least the beginning years of what we were doing because we didn't have as much resource, we weren't as coordinated, and our soil just wasn't there. You know, like we, I, I spoke to a neighbor for, for basically the first time. I never really met this neighbor, um, other than, uh, this, this past weekend. And she came by and was like, okay, like, wow, like you guys are really like kind of moving the needle. Like, you know, you know, at first we were really concerned and then, and then, and now and uh -huh. like, it's getting better. And like, we're really excited about it and the direction. And like, you guys are growing a lot of this. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll come and, you know, grab, grab some stuff. It's like, it's amazing how it took 11 years for them to finally right. come and approach us and be like. Did hey you guys? Did you ask this person what were her concerns? I did. Yeah, I did. I did. I spoke a little bit about their concerns. I mean, um, there. I, I. I think the primary concern is just generally noise. Mm. Uh, people are concerned about. I think people are really happy that they're not getting sprayed in their backyard anymore. Right. There's no like chemicals that are being sprayed directly behind their their own houses. Um, her other concern was like, she's like, oh, the fossé or the ditch is on your side on your lot on your property. And we're having a little bit of drainage issues. And I was like, okay, like, so you're, are you asking me to come and dig the ditch for you? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and he's just, and it's a bit of a gray zone because it's like, well, now I have to deal with your water, water on my property just because it's, you made your property drain to oh, my right. property and now you're saying it's my problem. So it's like, these are neighbor problems, right? right. But th th these happen in suburbia too, right? Or in cities. But the, and and it, it wasn't it wasn't a confrontational conversation at all. It was more like we're dealing with these different things, and then the neighbor next door did some management that made their water come to our property. So now we're having problems here. So now we have to deal with and it was like all of that that was kind of coming through. Um, but I think the 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 good thing that I think is now uh, uh, in a very good way unfolding for the farm is that it has become a discussion. Mm -hmm. It has become like an actual line of communication rather than. Uh, judgment from one side and the judgment from the other right. side which is a good you thing know? and yeah absolutely and i like look at the end of the day our goal is to be able to feed those families 
and and they don't have to buy from us. They don't have to whatever. But from a vision perspective, our goal is to be able to feed and support 150 people, right? At, a, at like for all needs, power, water, food. So you know that that's that's a fairly interesting vision. And rather than focusing on like our goal is to make the most amount of money and produce the most amount of food that makes the most amount of money, our goal is to produce yes an enormous amount of food. And we believe that the money is there if you support somebody, you know, in those different ways. But I'm not just seeing us farming just the plants, mm -hmm, the, exactly. the power that we use. You know, we recently installed solar panels on on, um, on the farm. We had already had a solar bank that was uh, the, the, the power source for, for us for uh, eight or nine years. But um, for the first eight or nine years, and it wasn't there the first year, but whatever. But um, long story short, we, we got the power online, the power of the solar panels online that are feeding the grid. We were able to reduce our, our energy consumption by at least 50%. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, some days by 75%, other days when it's raining, a little less. But on average, at least 50%. Is that not, again, part of the thing that we need to be doing, that everyone should be doing? I mean, we talk about climate change. We talk about the impact of farms have on climate, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. It's like, and here we are doing the thing that is restoring the carbon Soils. in the soil, restoring more and more trees that literally sequester carbon that is feeding people and it is doing it in a, in a at least almost net zero type you know scenario or as much as possible and if anything we're a carbon sink we are sequestering carbon like why why yeah yeah and like and then all of a sudden like the government policy on a federal level would be like yeah let's support these people but then on the but all, there's such mm. gray zone in everything around this that it's actually incredibly challenging to move forward it's it's paralyzing if you don't have um a risk tolerance essentially if you're not right. just willing to say i'm going to throw my ass on the line and i can get shut down tomorrow or whatever or i can this project can get denied or they can ask me to fill back in the pond that i just dug or blah blah blah, blah. but my experience is that if you if you're doing it with goodwill and you're moving in the right direction that inherently yes you you should inform yourself as much as possible you should plan this is what I recommend. Like people, <laughs> people like you to, to, to plan and to do these different things um, and really focus on what are the needs and the, the overarching vision of the farm. Um, that makes an enormous amount of sense. People need mentorship in farming and need mentorship in planning of, of farms um, and designs and community and, and houses and everything. Um, but it is an absolutely... It, it, there's no specific answer to a lot of things at least that's my experience yeah i i was just listening to yeah i was listening to you and, and, and i had a few a few ideas coming up in my mind and one is like and we never discussed that it's just like a, a just a new idea i have mm -hmm. that um so we we're talking about educational aspect of, and, and showing people how to farm or how to take care of the land and you know for adult or or ch children whatever but uh what about educating public to well this is what we knew in new farms this is what we knew we do on small scale regenerative farms mm -hmm. so because the thing is the cities will apply the laws because they receive like um you know like you have a neighbor who calls you, let, let's imagine a scenario your farm is perfect it's 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 ecological it's regen, regenerative mm -hmm. it creates work um autosufficiency all that like it's 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 perfect like it's in the right direction but because you do one harvest party one day 
you have one neighbor that calls a city and then the city's after you. Yeah. And then they try to catch you on small little things that that doesn't nobody care. Like we yeah. just we're just doing the we we're having a super nice farm model. Yeah. And you are you gonna so I think what we try we we could also focus a little bit on trying to edu, you know educate the public yeah. so they understand what we do. As m much as possible, I mean, I think that's what we're literally doing right now by trying to record this podcast and, and having people like a JM or like mm -hmm. you on the conversation, even my own perspective and my, my, my learnings and lessons that, I've, uh, that have accumulated over the last 11 years, that inherently is part of it. But, right. but where, I, where I bump up into problems mm -hmm. is I have the skill set of building an academy and building an online school and a course and that would teach all of these different things. The problem is that the more time I spend doing that, the less time, now I, I start being less of a farmer from their perspective. So now I have to put the resources here and then the resources there and then the resources here and the resources mm -hmm. there. And I can't, I can't just like be like, oh, okay, we built the farm, it's growing really well. Okay, let me pause, like, let me stop growing over here and let me start growing over here. And then this is gonna support that and that's gonna support this. They just don't mm. see that. They just aren't, they aren't entrepreneurs. Right. And their interpretation is like, nope, this is the exact word in this exact box with this exact thing. And everyone that we spoke to, like when we, when we you know, through, through this conversation with the city and the CPDQ and all these different things, we hired a couple of, we hired a lawyer, we hired a, 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 an expert in, in, you know, all things relations to uh, farm development and different components like that, they all kind of said, they were all kind of defeated. They're mm -hmm. like, ah, it's never gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, and I was like, yeah, that's your interpretation. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I was like, and that, but that was my whole, that was, I was like, that's exactly why I'm doing it. Like, that, right. like now you're just feel like, oh, it's never gonna happen? Mm, just mm -hmm. watch me. Right. <laughs> and I think right. that's more than, more than just what we grow, I think that's, what and this is why we call it the Valhalla Movement Podcast. Valhalla is a farm that is a model that is part of what I consider to be a larger movement that we are trying to grow. Mm -hmm. And I don't think like look, we are not necessarily we are not at all the best farm. We're not the best farmers, but damn, we're pretty good at farming, and we're pretty good at community, and we're pretty good at storytelling, and that's pretty unique as a farm, right? And and the combination of those things we're world-class at. And that's where mm -hmm. my hope is that the work that we're doing with the house, with the farm, with the, with the transformation center, with, with even greenhouses, like testing things, like, hey, let's try and make a tropical greenhouse and grow some stuff in a very interesting way, or let's try and, and scale uh, 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 this one product to a massive scale, but doing it all by hand rather than big machinery. Mm. Let's try and build buildings that have agricultural use, but also communal use. Like all of those different things are, are, are part of the, the thing that needs to happen in the world of farming. That there, there's mm. a reason why nobody no under 35 year olds are doing it is number one it's fucking hard number two it's incredibly expensive and number three they're just not exposed to it they have no way of educating themselves mm -hmm. and they have no way of seeing that it's cool like they just don't it's not the thing that most people can do on tiktok and yet the people who are doing it on tiktok some people like grow massive brands because of it mm -hmm. you know jm i think is an example of that like launch an online school launch a book launch a couple things that blew up his whole career i mean 
Otherwise, he was just a normal guy farming a small piece of land. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and there's, and there's thousands of those people, but... He's a success, successful one, though. He's a successful... He's a successful he shows farmer. that... He, well, he's actually the proof that the model can change. Yes. But it's, he, but it's because of his work that he was able to do the farming and then eventually document what he did mm. and, and be popular enough at, and, and, you know, in my opinion, be at the perfect intersect of Quebec culture that wants to promote Quebec and French-speaking people that inherently had the perfect storm of things that made that happen. Mm. And, 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 and my truth is, and he, he said it himself, he's like, Mark, you're, you're kind of like that next wave of that. Like you're, you're doing the same thing. And I kind of recognize that. I, I appreciate um, his sentiment about that, but like, yeah, that is the next step. We do need to educate the public. Mm -hmm. And the, and the reality is the public just doesn't fully understand. I think and, if, if we want tolerance for, from the public to, to something they don't understand, we need to educate them. Everything you mentioned, you just like, this is why we're doing things differently. This is why we're going that direction. And if you don't like understand, please tolerate. Campaign. Yeah, yeah, I know. But. Like, I, like I, if I have to farm, it's like, oh, here, by the way, this is why we dug the pond and this is why we have wood chips and this is why we collected all this wood. It's like, if every time I had to go to my neighbor course, and tell them everything I'm doing, I would never be farming. I'd be doing a political campaign. Like, right. so, 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 and that back to, you have to be an amazing entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to, um, and, and market your product and get people excited and get people to understand your brand and your story. You have to be an amazing farmer. And then in my opinion, you have to be an amazing kind of legal slash politician mm -hmm. because none of this makes sense without you understanding mass amounts of like, there are mass subsidies and mass grants and mass challenges that come on the legal and political front that are drastically shifting and changing farming. And we see that. I look, uh, Netherlands. Okay, the Netherlands are is one of the smallest countries in the world, but they produce the second most amount of food per capita on the planet. They literally produce. They're only behind the United States in pounds of food that they produce. Wow. Okay, they have a massive political movement that's going on, where they're saying, "Hey, you're not allowed to use these fertilizers. You have to cut back on these different things because CO2 gases, like or methane gas or whatever it is, climate change." And now all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a second. Like if you cut all these different things, you're going to fail the farms. You're going to fail one of the biggest pieces of the economy, the biggest exportation things out of the Netherlands, all for their way of trying to cut back climate change. But at the, at, in my opinion, climate change is solved on the farm. We should be supporting these farmers. Mm. And one policy shift completely makes or breaks or ruins their business. All the dairy farmers in Quebec, for example, the, one of the, we're, uh, Quebec is one of the biggest dairy producers in the world. All the dairy farmers in Quebec are beholden to the fact that we have a minimum price for the milk. Mm -hmm. And they actually make people waste the milk. Oh, wow. Because there's quotas and different things that mm -hmm. say you cannot have this or you cannot have that. And they're just, they're, the government is there steering the, the wheel, trying to market make rather than letting the market make itself. Right. And so this is, that's a, you know, that's a, a bit of a, I guess, a political philosophy question. Are you more conservative or let's say right-leaning where less government is better, more, let's say, uh, the, let's say the extreme of that would be um, libertarian. Mm -hmm. Or are you more government is good and government helps and, and it can put in place policies and grants and things that help farmers. And the answer is like, the answer is it's kind of a bit of both. You know, I don't know if they're making the market or if they're breaking the market, but all of it is confusing that I think that's just where I, I end. You know what I mean? It's just, it's all really confusing. 
it's impossible to kind of know how to navigate in certain moments, but we're doing our best. We're doing our best. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Any last words that you would have to share? I mean, anything you're excited about when working on the on the on the farm? Anything that's, that's oh, alive I'm, for you? Well, I'm definitely excited about uh, talking on the uh, working on the sanctuary, ecological sanctuary. This is going to be a big chunk of the farm. Hopefully, it's gonna it's gonna go fast, yeah. and hopefully, we're gonna be able to welcome more more people at the farm and have more members. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, thank you for welcoming me here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a great discussion. I, I can, I kind of feel like we. I just like to to see how motivated you are to push forward and 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 and, <laughs> and go through the go through the cracks and, and and try to push things further. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for having me. There's a lot. A, there's a lot. I, I think we're gonna do a follow up episode at some point for sure. When when we're gonna show you a little bit more of the designs and some of the buildings that we're planning. I think like I would love to do more where we reveal element like where we really walk through even Mm -hmm. why did we do this in this section of the farm or why are we doing that or like you know i'll give it i'll give it another example actually real fast i'm gonna go back to i think it's this document here you know as an example we have like garlic beds and we have a pond over here well why did we put the pond here we have designs for a vineyard and well why did we have this much space for vineyard why did we put the the fruit trees over there why did we keep like a kind of a you know a pathway in the middle like there's so many decisions that are hidden in the farm design that I, I, I think that we we need more time to, to cover in, yeah, in, sure. in, a, in a future episode. So uh, super excited for us to continue working together. You're a life changer, bro. I really oh, appreciate you. Uh, thank you for being a guest. And for those of you who are uh, made it here, uh, please leave your comments in the description. I, I you know we touched on a lot, but I, I we're doing our best to try and support sharing our story, but also supporting how you can do some of this in your own neighborhood or your own farm, your own uh, own life and your own community. So if you got here, please hit the like button, hit the comment button, all those different things, hit the subscribe button because, you know, well, you know, we're trying to show you some value and some validation for us is super valuable and super important. So see you in the next episode.